Howdy, it's for your reference. OT, we have a Patreon shout out and quid promo. Mm, yep. And this is for the delectable, undisputed Julio mm. from the Contrarians podcast. Um, I knew that Julio and I were going to get along when he coined me the queen of the hot takes. <laughs> Not on purpose, it just comes naturally. Um, so if you guys have never checked out the Contrarians podcast, Essentially, they rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. So if something is classified as rotten or super, super fresh, they kind of give opposing views and, you know, share their real takes in regards to that. So I don't know if we'll ever get to that point where, you know, films that make us really angry will be able to thoughtfully discuss the motif. Do you think we will be able to do that? No, not in the slightest. Probably not. Um, Julio is our fifth patron and also they've done five years of podcasting. So congratulations to Julio and also Alex from the Contrarians podcast. Take the promo away. Let's see, Alex. Uh, What do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Friends and lovers, welcome back to For Your Reference. You've got your host, KT. And OT. And get ready to press send on those high cuties because we are having pasta and the sickening is happening. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. If you guys um, follow us in linear time and you also follow us on Twitter, this is our third time attempting this recording. Right, OT? You better walk this time, mate. And all of the pod gods have been punishing us. And apparently we said some spicy things. So let's try and say it again (laughs) and see how we go. Um, We're going to hell. We know that. Robot Jesus is going to be in heaven by himself. Um, So thank you for perusing our back catalogue while you've been waiting for this sumptuous, delicious, um, all-encompassing episode. You've read the title. You're in for a good time. We are covering Master of None today. Mm. So we stumbled across this um, just like at the start of a weekend and we finished it by like Monday morning. Um, Before we start off with our first impressions, um, I just want to cover what's kind of becoming a segment now called foundational 
qualms. So mm. it's essentially things that we address just so we can get to the actual discussion of the show or the movie. Um, you know, obviously there was controversy um, surrounding Aziz in regards to Me Too, whether you agree, whether you don't agree, that sort of thing, or you just can't deal with him as a person. <laughs> then that's perfectly fine. We do have some other episodes you can check out, but we're really not going to be addressing that today so if you're in for the journey strap in strap on let's get into it grab yourself a snack grab yourself a drink um yeah but if, if that if that bothers you and you don't feel comfortable um enjoying master of none because of all of the outside stuff then that's also fine as well yep cool um so now that's out of the way let's get into first impressions ot how do you feel about like have you checked out a lot of aziz's work did you enjoy this because this has been out since 2015 so there's obviously a reason why it took us this long to get into this show. Um, I tried it, I think, the same year it came out, and I couldn't get past the first five minutes of it. Aziz's mm -hmm. voice just irritated the hell out of me. I was like, nah, man, I'm not doing this. Um, I've not checked any of his other things. I think he's in Parks and Recs. Yeah. Not really my cup of tea, but, you know, we gave it so, such a long time, and it gotten so, so many awards and like it's on the top 10 list of tv shows yeah and, that and i was like okay maybe it's about time we actually give this a go yeah and um, i'm sorry to expose you ot but i know you use a modulator and you actually sound like aziz because <laughs> i don't even need a modulator for that mate as, as as much as you sound sexy we all know you're not real so i know you're using that modulator very heavy <laughs> um so in regards to first impressions with aziz i think the first time i actually remember seeing him was in 30 minutes or less with jesse eisenberg so you got Jesse, and I, Jesse Eisenberg and also Aziz. So that movie needed a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. Um, and it was based on, let's all wank ourselves off because people say based on a lot. Um, that, that movie was based on a true story as well. They're, they're all based on true stories. True stories. Oh, wow. True stories. True Tories. Check Sounds into the Kenyan edition. <laughs> 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 Need to fix that modulator, mate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so I just, I just, I, I just didn't get his vibes. Like, I'm quirky, uh, and you know, this is my sort of shtick. Like, there's a Family Guy cutaway where, um, you know, they're sitting around watching the TV, and they're like, "These are comedians that we're forcing you to like." And then Aziz shows up first of all, and he's like, "I'm talking very softly, and I'm talking loud now." <laughs> and that's kind of like his shtick. He's kind of like, "Yeah, he's there, but I don't really need a check for you. You're just it's so true, though, thing. right?" Yeah, that's like like five years ago or whatever, four and a half years ago, I was like, I can't stand his voice at all. And rewatching this, I was like, oh, when we give it a chance over the weekend, I was like, oh, it's not so bad. It is like yeah. I didn't even I didn't pay any sort of credence or attention to it. Um, I think it's more to do with my ears just being old now. You know, it's like the perfect text for um, you know, the trending thing, Lauren Yanni. And back then, I was like, oh, mate, Aziz is worse. I just can't take it. And now I was like, oh, it's all right. <laughs> my ears are old now well in, in that universe i'm hearing dev patel oh that's what i'm hearing um shout outs to ot because he does love a reference but he loves a reference from years ago 
<laughs> and the reason why he loves the Laurel Yanni so much is because he he picked up the ones that the young people pick up, and I apparently picked up the ones that the old people young pick up. ears, mate. Yeah, so um, OT is holding on to that. Oh, um, forever! Like it will be on my epitaph. <laughs> wow. Is that the epitaph you want to die on? Yep. Literally. <laughs> All right. Well, well, that's on you, dude. Um, but yeah, coming back to Aziz, I just like, I didn't really need to. And then you had Parks and Rec. If you've listened to any of our episodes in regards to TV shows, specifically 30 Rock, I like to keep to my own sort of shows. And, you know, Parks and Rec is kind of like the offspring from the American office, right? You've got Michael Schur, Moe's from the office, and he also does Good Place as well. Um, and then you have Aziz, and then you also have Alan Yang, who works closely together for Master of None as well. Like, yeah, I'm sure it's cool, and I'm sure it's funny, and people love that Ron Swanson or whatever his name is. Like, mm. like, But it's kind of the same iteration of what has come before them. You know what I mean? It's not anything interesting. So I didn't really need to watch. I've tried to watch Parks and Rec like six times maybe. <laughs> and I'm like, I get it. Like, cool. And this is when Chris Pratt was actually likable. But my my rant about Chris Pratt is not going to fit in this episode. <laughs> choose a fucking lane. You and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, choose a fucking lane. You're the heartthrob or you're the goofy funny person. You can't be both. Give ugly people a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, there needs to be a place for everyone. So these good looking people need to get lost. Now, Let's get back to the show. What a great show. Let's just talk about it um, generally. So you've got Aziz Ansari, you've got Eric Warren, Warham. I love how the white person, I can't say his name. <laughs> um, Lena Waithe, Kelvin Yu, and also Noel Wells as Rachel. So that's the main sort of cast. Um, I do want to spend a bit of time talking about the guest stars because mwah, that is two chef kisses right there um and that's a part in the reference because he he makes pasta so technically he's a chef kind of mm. chef jeff chef jeff um when he was good <laughs> <laughs> uh spoiler 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 i guess but i like this show can be consumed even with spoilers like it, it doesn't have except for season two it kind of doesn't really have an overarching narrative yeah it's more about themes that get explored and i'm really excited to get into that as well today oh, for sure. so let's let's quickly talk about the guest stars uh 2015 to 2017 as this also mentioned in an interview um you know there's only so much he can say about a young guy in new york who loves pasta mm. um so probably not going to have a season three unless he like gets married or has a kid like some sort of milestone to push that sort of narrative along yeah. and that's perfectly fine because you could keep it to season one and i'm fine with or it. until that paper dries up <laughs> right <laughs> yep and until he needs to come back and make some more that's usually what happens um but you know at, at least he's successful enough to have a choice oh for sure yeah. right not like constance Wu, but we're not getting into that today oh wow jesus um so let's get to the guest stars one of the best guest stars, um, or whenever he appears, because he's in everything, like he appears in everything, H. John Benjamin. Mm. Yes, please. I'll take another Archer thank you. <laughs> um, and you didn't realize that he was in the sickening. No, because he was wearing, he was wearing this uh, containment mask or something, and his voice was all muffled. I was like, mm, it sounds a bit familiar, but I didn't pick it up yeah. until you're like, oh, that's Archer, mate. But I think you also forget what H. John Benjamin looks like. So you're probably expecting like an Archer-esque 
sort of physique. <laughs> you see this like cute little man. Um, but oh, it was so good. And he had so many one-liners that he would say to Dev. And for that alone, it was great to have him in the show. Yeah. Like his voice. Thank you very much. So it was very nice to have H. John Benjamin in the show. And he was in quite a few episodes. So it was nice to see him um, come along the journey. Danielle Brooks from Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. She plays the agent for Dev. Yep. She's still waiting for that friend's money. <laughs> <laughs> She's very effective. I think we might have seen her in like one other thing other than Orange is the New Black. Black. No, but she we did see her randomly in something we were watching. So mm. it's nice to see that she can have fun because her role on Orange is the New Black is quite serious. Tasty. Hey. <laughs> um, so that was nice to see. Oh, I don't really know much about his filmography, but Colin Salmon. Ooh. He was swimming up my streams, I tell you. His voice. Bloody hell. I think they just got him here to say ridiculous stuff. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, and, and it's very effective. It it's is a, effective. It's we very, love a good Colin Samuel. It's, it's, a, it's a common sort of formula, but it works. By God, does it work. Oh, it does. It if does. Morgan Freeman has like bronchitis, then Colin Salmon is right there behind it's him. It's like novelty, you know? Like you get to see him do something quirky. You're like, oh yes, I live for this. It was so nice to hear him say ridiculous things. And with H. John Benjamin, but with Colin Salmon in particular, it really reminded me of Ricky Gervais's extras. Oh yeah? Um, You know, having Sir Patrick Stewart say such ridiculous things and his pants constantly falling down. That's a reference to extras um, (laughs) if you haven't seen it. But he also like, he's also on Family Guy as well where he says ridiculous things. But I feel like with Patrick Stewart, it's not a novelty anymore. Sir, that is sir to you, mate. Yeah, but like we love him and all, but he's just in every single shit now. Like I'm like, your wow. agent needs to control you, mate. You need to take a step back and be exclusive a bit. Wow. See, and again, if you heard at the start of the episode, we have tried to record this three times. And the third time, OT felt like it was appropriate to say this again. Because it's true. We're like disintegrating. The pod gods are taking this recording away. (laughs) Um, Make this very clear in the four-year reference household. Katie does not stand with OT. Um, All I'm saying is we love Patrick, saw Patrick Stewart, but he needs to be, he he needs some exclusivity to his... He can do whatever the fuck he wants. (laughs) Okay, cool. And I will allow him, except for that weird show, but we're not talking about that. See? Where he plays like this old scoundrel. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I love you, Sir Patrick Stewart. And you're most welcome. If you bring your friend, Sir Ian McShane, we can have a good time. Mm-hmm. He is a fucking Sir. Come and fight me, Queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's quickly go through the rest of the guest stars. Claire Danes. Yeah. It was nice Homeland. to see her. Yeah. yeah. Is Homeland still going? Is that still a thing? I think it's finished by now. Um, but she was amazing in that. Oh, she was like, great. She carries the show. Um, All right, settle down. She does carry settle, the show. Settle your boner, mate. Well, the the first like few, the first three seasons, we have Damien Lewis, who's amazing and brilliant and stuff. But once Damien is sort of gone, Are you then spoiling the show. I didn't say anything other <laughs> oh, than okay. <laughs> Just checking. But Claire Danes, man, I feel like she's, the last she's time, amazing. Because I I haven't watched Homeland. I feel like the last time I've actually seen it was Romeo and Juliet. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was in that as well, wasn't she? And her loins have been girdled, I'll tell you that much. Oh, oh, for sure. <laughs> in the form of Dev. Um, we also had Buster Rhymes, Jabberwockies, John Legend, Cedric the Entertainer. Mm. Ooh, shout out. Listen to, um, go, go and watch The Last OG because Cedric the Entertainer is quite great in that and obviously that's a great show as well. And it's kind of slept on though, isn't it? 
It is, and we'll need to cover it yeah. eventually. Yeah. Um, but also, accolades, all deities, and all um, OT sacrifices to the Queen, Angela Bassett. Oh, Ooh. yeah. So there are quite a lot of themes we're going to get to today. This show has won three Emmys, two of them being for um, the parent, the immigrant parent episode, mm-hmm. and also the Thanksgiving episode. So we're definitely going to talk about those two episodes um, within this episode. Um, but yes, oh, she was great. Yeah, she she was really good in this. She is and continues to be great. But she in, just in regards to the show, oozes, she, she oozes um class she's, and she's like a fucking lioness, man. Yeah, like every, she commands the screen. Like, pay attention. Yeah, I am speaking. I am, I am a Taspian. Like that's that's what you see when you look at <laughs> yeah when you look at her. She's just amazing. You can't get enough of Angela Bassett for sure. Definitely. Wow. Just, just, just wow. So let's, let's get into it. Um, you know, sometimes on episodes we will cover like character by character, but I think that will happen naturally as we get through this, like these themes. A lot of the comments we were making when we were watching the show, particularly in the first season was you can tell that people of color have written this show. Yeah. So it's, it's nice. It's nice that, you know, all of the, um, you know, white sort of executives are starting to hire actors of color and different sexual orientation and that sort of thing. But it gets to a point where these people need to take the reins and tell their own stories. Because it's all about perspective and all and, and, and the details, attention to details, you know, it's branding frame of reference, please. i'm such i'm so bad at this but anyway (laughs) it's all about um the nitty gritties and that what separates a a good show from a great show and like the episode for thanksgiving we had lena who was undertaking a lot of projects at the time Mm -hmm. and she had told the story to some of the people um executives and they're like yeah you can just write it. I, I don't want. I don't need to be involved. I don't need to write this. I don't need to be completely involved in this. Mm-hmm. Just take the reins. I've already told you every pretty much everything. And it's good that Aziz was like, no, it has to be you that does this yep. because this is from your point of view. There's only so much we can do with it, mm-hmm. but you take it to that extra level. And that, that's what missing generally on a lot of these shows where we watch and it's so like one-sided. Yeah, and but that, that's exactly it because as, as, well, as well-meaning as it is, sometimes you just need the people that are telling the stories to actually have that frame of reference and have that life experience mm. as well because, you know, you need people to be able to resonate. And if I can digress for a second, um, you know, if, if you haven't listened to the show before, hello. Francois, um, I am of Tongan ethnicity. My parents are Tongan, but I am a true blue Aussie. Like I was born in Australia. That's why I've got this Bergen, this Bergen accent, mate. Mate, your accent, eh? That wow. was just Katie talking. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag fake Katie. Um, but, you know, like, so I grew up in a country where, you know, on TV at least, it was a lot of like white people, mm. right? So I was just used to watching things that just had a lot of white people in it but you know um where i grew up in like western sydney and if you've ever been to western sydney it is a melting pot right like there are all different sort of nationalities there but that was never really reflected in the tv even like even now in australia it's slowly becoming that and i guess it's just with time as well but what i really loved when i went to kenya you see kenyan like kenyan people just in commercials just in like just because you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a specific reason why Kenyans are on the TV. Mm. 
right? And obviously that makes sense because it's your country, but like I didn't get to have that growing up. Yeah. Like Luke Carpenter was not my daddy. We love a good Luke Carpenter though. Alf Stewart was not my daddy. <laughs> um, that's a home and away in a neighbor's reference. <laughs> if you guys ever watched it, but it was, it, I was just used to and accepting that I'm going to watch something, but it's not really going to reflect my experiences. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's nice to now be able to delve into a world where, okay, so I'm, I'm not Indian, but I can resonate with some of the themes that are being presented here. Yeah. So because essentially they're all my, sort of a migrant perspective. It like covers a lot of ground, regardless of what kind of background you are. You can mm -hmm. resonate with most of these things, especially if you come from that sort of point of view. Mm -hmm. So it, it just makes sense. So let's so let's stay with this because this was actually one of the themes, but it was a bit further down the list. But let's stay with it now. Um, this is actually covered in one of the episodes where Dev and his friend Ravi go for an audition mm. for a show. And, you know, they, they both tested well and, you know, they were both really great. Um, and then eventually throughout the episode, you have like the top man, like the top man who happens to be a white man um, as the executive. And, you know, th there's all of that rhetoric of, you know, you can only have one, right? And it, it yeah. actually, the reason why it became such a controversy is because he said it through the like through an email, email yeah. internal email about curry or some flavoring or something like that. <laughs> you um, don't carry your favor. Yeah, <laughs> favor yeah, yeah. 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 And that's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And so, so it, that became the catalyst for this particular episode, but a lot of the comments that were made throughout the episode, which I'm sure has been spawned off his own experiences is you can only have one of them because if you have two, it's going to look like it's for Indian people only. Mm. which was quite an interesting comment to make. And I like, you know, we, we, we hear that sort of rhetoric, whether it's right, whether it's wrong. But what was frustrating was he's actually the head of the studio. Yeah. So yes, that might be the case. Yes, people might not be ready, but you actually are at the helm of change. You can actually, if you want to, not force people, but offer people that new sort of experience. Yeah. So things that people would hide behind, he couldn't because he could actually make that change. Yeah, because essentially they are the puppeteers. Yeah. And whatever they do and they start incrementing, regardless of whatever pushback they get, they can still sort of set the trend and make it seem as if, you know, we're trying to represent our society as it is. Uh -huh. It's all not just monotone or whatever. There's different palettes across the board. You're catering to a whole vast of people mm -hmm. that needs to be represented on TV. And it's only fair to do that. And I thought it was quite interesting. Um, maybe it's just in our viewing experience. There, there is a lot of, um, you know, focus on representations for like African-Americans. Mm. Um, not to say that, you know, that's been fully achieved, but there, there is a lot of focus on that. And even just Asians broadly, like with Crazy Rich Asians, fresh off the boat, um, you know, that sort of thing. But there, there isn't a lot of talk about, like, Indians in particular. So I really enjoyed that particular um, viewpoint as well. I do take qualms with um, Dev's dad mm. because in one of the episodes, the religion-focused sort of episode, he said that there's no Indian models. And I take qualms with that. <laughs> See Dev Patel, please. He does everything. Mm. How dare you? How dare you, OT? Dev Patel can do everything. And I'm, I'm sad that we haven't covered anything of his work. Yeah, he's an amazing actor. Because we watch Hotel Mumbai. 
recently. Yeah. It was very good. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we, we like they talk about like representation and that sort of thing. So just going back to that particular episode, it's funny because you have Dev and also Ravi talking about how it just can't happen. You know, the executives are saying there's no way you can have you know, at least two Indian people in the scene and it not be funny. But what you had in that scene was Dev, Ravi and also the Mumbai muscle having a friend-esque type of exchange. Yeah. So it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't really subtle, but it was that way of saying, hey, we can do it, we're doing it, what more can you say? right so it was it was quite nice to be able to explore that so um it's it's nice to see people being able to tell their own stories and also actually 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 also in that scene um they were talking about how there were white actors you know even recently a social network playing indian sort of characters yeah and i think it was was it short circuit two yeah short circuit two <laughs> and i think i think that's like the big bombshell like people just didn't realize that that was a white actor mm. so that became kind of like the running joke of the show so when he was um you know talking to ravi about it ravi's like hang on a second is mindy kaling even real oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah nice. and, and, and it's one of the revelations that changed um ravi's point of view because before that he was okay to do the sort of accents that he was asked to do. But after he, mm -hmm. it was revealed to him that Saki 2 was actually a white guy, he was like, no, nah, mate, I'm not taking my people back with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can have an Indian cab driver who just doesn't have the sort of deep, heavy accent. Yeah, but I also, like, I, I don't know how much you want to spend time on this, but I also feel like people that do choose to do the accent they shouldn't really be, like, shunned on either. Like, Jin Yang, for example, in Silicon Valley, mm. he, like, Jimmy O. Yang, um, he has an accent, right? Yeah. And it's very effective. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it just depends. And until, like, well, we're talking about Hollywood specifically, until Hollywood gets to a point where people can just be, you know what I mean? Until people can just be, I don't think that people should get slandered for that. Like, yes, maybe you taking on that role with that accent is going to make it harder for other actors to not adopt that accent. But ultimately, they're not the puppeteers, as you say. Oh, well, with globalization as it is, mm -hmm. pretty much everyone would be... Um <laughs> it'll all die down <laughs> <laughs> and that was, we'll all assimilate and move on to something new but that was that was um reflected in echoed in the show yeah as well so um let's let's go through a bit more of the themes um if you've listened to a few of our um episodes we do talk about love a lot and you know ot and i share a lovely little um understanding together um so i really want to focus our time on non-love romantic stuff if that's possible oh goodbye season two then <laughs> thank god <laughs> yes please um so some of it does have to do about love but we also have other themes that get tackled as well so let's start off with the second episode mm. the best episode um in regards to TV shows, I I don't really like to watch more than I have to. OT will watch a full season of something, even if he doesn't like it. Um, I will give a show at least two episodes. The reason why I'll give a show at least two episodes is when you have your pilot, sometimes you're funding it yourself and, you know, you're, you're trying to pitch it to networks and that sort of thing. So usually once you've got a season or a couple of seasons 
sport, that's when you can start to flesh out what the narrative is going to be. So for me, episode two is a truer representation of where the show is going to go. I didn't care for the first episode. I was like, okay, cool, but I've kind of seen this before um and the second episode just like swept me off my feet and i'm like this is a show i need to pay attention to mm. so and again this did won the win the emmy with um aziz and also alan um at the helm of this episode writing it so essentially this centers around dev and brian's character relating or not relating to their fathers yeah. who are immigrants to um, America. So this is quite an interesting um, sort of theme. And yes, we do have shows out there like, um, you know, Insecure, Atlanta, The Mindy Project. You know, we, we do have shows where you do have, you know, those people at the helm, but it doesn't necessarily tackle things outside of being young and trying to make it or outside of your friend group. What I really liked about Master of None is it actually did deconstruct the layers within your immediate sort of family, mm. right? And this episode does it quite well. Yeah. Um, personally, having immigrant parents, <laughs> I related to a lot of the themes um, in this episode. We see with Brian's dad in particular, um, he didn't really talk much. Mm. And obviously he went through some shit. And, you know, you have that story about his pet chicken. Yeah. And how that, that, that just must stunt your emotional growth as well. Because, you know, that, that was his pet, that was his friend, but then it became dinner. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of mental growth or stuntage um, that would happen. And it also just shows the generational contrast um, of, of how it was when... Brian's dad was growing up where mm-hmm. he had to he had this pet chicken and he had to slaughter it for dinner. Yeah. And you have Brian whose biggest um challenge at the moment of speaking to his dad was he couldn't go and grab a bag of rice because he yeah. had to go and watch a movie. Yeah, and that was that was quite an interesting sort of theme to have. And then on the other hand, you have Dev where he's just not helping fix the iPad mm. for his dad. I also thought it was nice that Aziz got his real parents. Yeah, that Fun. was cool. I, I really, re- I knew that they were not, like, it, it's not distracting at all. Mm-hmm. It's just that I didn't think they were actors per se. I was like, okay, yeah, there has to tell. be something else in here, right? Yeah. And until you told me, I was like, yes, that makes perfect sense. And it was fun when Aziz kept trying to get his dad to say stuff about people shoving things up their butt. <laughs> like, wouldn't you love to hear your dad say yeah, that? Yeah, I would love to get my dad to say that shit on, just ridiculous. <laughs> on camera. <laughs> yeah, just ridiculous sort of thing. So um, it was it was nice to have his parents there. Um, and apparently they, they just couldn't find anyone. And it worked out for the best. I think really. it did. I really think it yeah, did. Yeah, so you have Dev and you have his dad and, you know, he's not fixing the iPad. And I really, I really appreciate this show just generally because, you know, a lot of the times you will have shows, you know, reflect your reality, yeah. right? But sometimes that can become very preachy and there's also a perfect resolution and it's all just tied up mm. into a, a nice little bow, right? What I really appreciated about this show, it, it reflected our reality, some of our realities in regards to how we treat or don't treat our parents. Um, but it it also doesn't have a resolution to it. And it's 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 like, okay, 
but then you have dev going back to being an idiot you know what i mean and that's just life you know um you know in some cases that you might need to call your mother more or you know check in with your dad more but for whatever reason whether it's a dramatic reason or just the fact that you want to stay in and watch netflix like we just don't yeah. So it was nice to explore that without being preached to. And I really True. appreciated True. that as well. I also like the way that they chose to portray it. So, you know, they, they first introduced it's the modern, you know, you have Dev, you have Brian. And then as soon as they reject getting the bag of rice or getting the iPad, it goes back in time. So we talked a bit about Brian's dad, but going back to Dev's dad, you know, it, it's funny because even growing up, you know, in my household, like you were just there to serve as a function of the household. Mate, kids are born to be seen, not hard. Yeah, and if you were being <laughs> if you were being seen, you were either like cooking or cleaning. Yeah, you were being useful mm. in some sort of way. Mm. Uh, you know, it was it was never about how you feel or what your motivations are or what how are you, feelings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not even the song. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so you have, you know, it, even in our generation, like we had that sort of semblances as well. And I'm sure Dev and Brian also had that too. But, you know, going back to Dev's dad, you have him there, but you also see that he does enjoy his little hobbies. Like you even see him with that abacus and the bully just like destroys it. Oh yeah, that was painful to watch. That was really sad because he's yeah, just minding his business. Bullies are dicks. Bullies are fucking dicks. Like, abacuses are really interesting. Uh, did you guys use abacuses growing up as kids? You're talking about, like, the, the thing we saw in the TV show? Yeah. No. Where, how old are you? No, like, what did you, how did you learn counting and whatever math growing up as a kid? Our Not even, like. Our fingers, little duckies. Oh, my God. What? Really? And we also had calculators. Get out of town. You did not use calculators that young. How do you learn how to spell boobies? <laughs> are, 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 you, are you taking the piss? Like, are you for real though? Like an abacus? Yeah. The thing with the beads on it? Yeah. When you, when you start school, you're given an abacus and it teaches you counting. It teaches you visualizing numbers and do, being able to calculate things with your fucking mind. You know what else does that? A calculator. No, it doesn't. A calculator is just beep, 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 press button. Beep, 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 equals, bam, answer. What? It doesn't help in rational thinking and what you, you do. Grow, when did you grow up? Like, what do you mean when did I grow 60 up? 60 years ago? Abacus is a fucking awesome. Yeah, but like, were you in school in like the 90s or what? Mate. <laughs> you are not serious. No, seriously. When, when were you in schooling to have an abacus? It's a thing even now. It's not. It it's really a great is. tool to learn math. Parents out there who are listening to this, if your kids aren't using abacuses right now, get them one. It will teach them how to visualize numbers and be able to do the calculations in their minds, mate. Oh if my, you didn't think it'd get oh proper. <laughs> you know what? You know what? We, we talk about this show and when we were watching the show, we're like, oh my God, I can relate to that. Oh my God, yes, I've had that experience. I'm now starting to realize that I was experiencing what the kids were experiencing and apparently you were relating to the daddies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were relating to the kids, but there you go. Come on now. You cannot tell me use calculators wow. counting what? Learning the, learning the uh, multiple table. 
Like you use calculators for that shit. And Abacus teaches you all this without having to rely on tools. Like it's just you and your mind. Friends and lovers. Quick maths, mate. Well, very slow maths compared to a calculator. <laughs> compared to a calculator. Oh my God. I can't believe you use calculators. Are. We use calculators only when we started learning calculus in secondary school. You're lucky I don't know how to use a soundboard because I'll be muting you right now. Hello, friends and lovers. Like um, Abacus was just using wow. kindergarten and, and at the start of primary school. That was the first two years and then taken away. But we just used our minds then and then calculators when we started learning calculus okay um are you done sir we need to take this offline (laughs) cool good for you sir um hello friends and lovers which i've been trying to say for five minutes now um thank you for tuning in you never know what tasty morsels um or tasty beads (laughs) you're going to get especially from ot um feel free to tweet us if um you know abacuses were still used when you had electricity It'd be good to know. Um, and this is also a very momentous occasion because you have been invited to the coronation um, of OT, and I am crowning him as Abacus Daddy. Because <laughs> you can count on him for a good time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We need to we need to put this to the side. Maybe it will be like an additional recording that we do another day. But there is so much to you, sir, and not even an Abacus can resolve that. Mate. There's a problem in, in, in Western education if you're not teaching your kids to rely on the fucking minds to do did you mathematics. Like, did you like invest in all of these abacuses and now you're trying to like <laughs> cut them off? Like you just, you're like, oh, this is, this is like, this is a trend that's going to last forever. <laughs> um, look out for our merch, Abacus Daddy 2020. <laughs> are you good, sir? Yeah, I'm all right. Are you done relating to all the daddies? Mm-hmm. You are the daddies of all, my love. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. And just like, just to go back to our frame of reference, um, I actually d- didn't know a lot about my dad growing yeah. up. Um, not in, not for me, but for my parents, they had to address their parents, like my grandparents, as their names. Like they couldn't even call them mum or dad. Mm. So there was that level of formality. And, you know, that whole notion of your parents being your friends, like I don't understand that. <laughs> like that makes no sense. Yeah. Like, hey, tell me about your sexual endeavours. Like that's not a thing, <laughs> at least in my culture. Like you just don't do that. So um it wasn't until i like started to get older like through my aunties and you know that sort of thing that i learned a bit more about my dad but never through my dad specifically mm. because there's that unspoken struggle that you go through yeah you know and you just accept it and that's what it is yeah true and um it sort of just made me feel really bad watching this episode and thinking what the fuck have i done i'm 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 the brand and devin this i've not really asked my parents about like how it was for them growing up, you know, mm-hmm. and it's such a, like a missed opportunity. And I feel like I've missed a step in this. Yeah. You need and to I- thank them for your abacus. <laughs> is that, is that really the hill you want to die on? I'll die on that hill any day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I just don't know what to do with you sometimes. I tell you. <laughs> Um, so let's let's go into another theme um, just quickly. Uh, they kind of they kind of meld into one, but they're two different themes. There's societal expectations, and then there's also feeling regret 
possibly because you were following societal expectations. So namely through getting married, um, having kids and also having a successful career. So we can kind of meld into all three of them because that will probably happen anyway while we're talking. But um, the getting married happens at the end of season one Mm. where they attend the wedding and Dev and Rachel start to, you know, it happens like you know around your birthday you start to think about what you have and haven't achieved same thing with weddings you you think you know the relationship that you're in is it one that's going to last is it the one that you're going to have forever where you grow old and you queef on each other that's (laughs) my only reference is south park that's what i imagine all people doing Hmm. (laughs) and then um there's having kids which is in the pilot yeah. of this series um you know you see dev enjoying his time with kids but not realizing how much of a responsibility they are mm. um and then there's also the career which is kind of discussed through rachel so we can go into more detail about that so which one would you like to go through first? oh definitely um dev's expectation on marriage and life and how it was because when he attended that wedding with rachel he really questioned the foundation of their relationship and to the extent where he thought that everyone is a hundred percent specifically the bride and groom they are a hundred percent committed it's their fucking wedding day if you're not a hundred on your wedding day (laughs) then you've got a problem that's the only day you're a hundred you know i think this is where we start seeing like dev pull the string in his ultimate destruction in his in his um relationship where he, he gets he doesn't understand how they are 100 and he's not 100 with Rachel but i think that's fine he also makes a comment which i actually agree with um where he says you know when you get to an age that people expect you to get married do you get married because you actually want to get married or is it i'm in a relationship let's might as well do it <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> oh jagged edge who would have thought um but yeah like in this day and age i'd feel like the pressures are suddenly not as prevalent as i was back back in the day mm-hmm. um right now if you want a kid you can go and adopt a kid like fucking hell mate you don't need to have, have someone stick it up you to get a child but can we just to practice like there's so many kids out there struggling that you can go and help them and it doesn't need to come off from your loins you know Mm -hmm. um you know and and, and it's one of those questions that dev is trying to raise in this that makes you think that you know us as a society we need to be able to set these things better like there shouldn't be such expectations that if you're not if you're 30 and you're not married and have two kids you you've, you've not you failed but fun fact because um, you can define your own success so so fun so this isn't the fun fact but it, you know in australia we have what's called de facto so you don't have to be married to have the same rights mm. as a married couple um but the fun fact is for kenya what's what's the law there sir if you stay with if you stay with someone in your house mm. of a opposite sex because kenya is backward that way for six or more months you're legally married they can go <laughs> <laughs> they can go and claim half your shit <laughs> if you decide to step out. Yeah, so I think I think we're married like twelve times over now. Yeah, it's just because people are trying to people are um living with each other and twelve years out the line down the line someone walks out and then the lady's like, um, what do I do now? We didn't really get married. I'm left yeah. stranded raising kids. So the law's like, okay, we'll have this law in there. If you wanna 
trigger it, it's up to you. But I think that's good because you have if you have guys that are deliberately not getting married so they can espouse if you'll pardon the word, yeah. um, their responsibilities, then it's like, no, piss off. You're still responsible for all of this sort of shit. And for again, sure. um, we're so sorry for this late episode. And because we love you guys so much, if you continue to listen to this episode, I'm not even going to share that fact. So <laughs> only if you listen to the episode, you will know of that fun little uh, Kenyan lawn, the fact that we're married how many times over. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we've got so much to cover today. But, you know, this this sort of show really does evoke, you know, reflection. And I like that we're talking a lot about our personal experiences as well because you don't get that in a lot of our other episodes. No. But what I wanted to bring up is like I'm not – I'm not firing shots and I know I like to fire shots at people um, all the time, figuratively. Don't come for me. There are barely any guns in Australia. Um, <laughs> but I don't get how people are like, oh, I'm so I'm so progressive and I'm so new age, but I'm still going to get married. And it's like, well, if you, if, if you say that you don't need this and you don't need that to have a fruitful life, why are you getting married then? Like, and if you're not even religious, why are you getting married? It's weird because as much as people think that they are progressive, they still do the shit that they feel like they need to be doing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I, I, just, I just find it um, interesting. Um, not to say I'm a celestial being. Again, I know we're all going to hell and Robot Jesus is going to be in heaven by himself. But it's just interesting how people are like, yeah, I don't need, I don't need all of this um, archaic, old, traditional sort of values. But then people get married anyway. Mm. You're with the person you love, but it's not real until you get married. Until they sign that paper. Yeah, and it's I don't know. And then you know, like people, people will even be to us like, oh, how's your husband or whatever. And I'm just like. Like I don't, I don't bother correcting because I don't want to be that person being like, "We're not married." Like I don't want to be that dickhead, right? Um, but it's it's just interesting that you know, and even um, just just getting a little bit more personal, like with my siblings, right? We like Oti and I have been together for longer than the rest of my siblings have, and they're all older than us, right? Mm. But it's funny how they think they know more about life because they're married <laughs> even though we've been together longer and obviously i feel a way about it like it pisses me the fuck off like who are you to try and give me advice just because you got married mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i don't know like i think life experiences are really what brings you together um as opposed to just following traditional sort of pursuits just because for sure for sure so that's, so that's an interesting sort of theme um, to get to. Um, let's talk about uh, having a successful career. So this is culminated. I think the best example in this series is with Rachel and how she has to go to, I think it's Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. For six months. And, you know, when she first presents it, it's, it's an exciting opportunity. She gets to work with bands that she's never worked with before. And bands she's interested in as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's something that she's really excited to do. And that wasn't met with any sort of support. Not at all. Not one iota. And it's quite ridiculous because I think that Dev, as an, a, a commercial actor, he'd be able to do this shit anywhere. You don't and need he, to be in fucking New York to do commercials. And he said some bullshit about, like, she's bad at time management. Really, bitch? Yeah. Time management. She's bad at time management because she has to go to Chicago for six months to do a job to work with people that she actually wants to work with. And it's like, 
whether you're in a relationship or not, being vulnerable with someone else is not easy. Man, like Dev ain't shit in this. Like oh, seriously, yeah. he's such a flawed protagonist. I don't think anyone's cheering for him. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, he's such a flawed protagonist in, in such a in this conversation. And and the fact that you know what annoyed me most, mm-hmm. Rachel is trying to have this meaningful, deep conversation She's with being Dev. Very vulnerable, yeah. And being super vulnerable, and Dev is all jokey, jokey, yeah. with his fucking annoying voice, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> piss right off, mate. You're lucky enough to have this girl in your life. You better pay some attention to her. You could you could work it out. Go to Chicago every other weekend. Yeah. Do something. Like six months is nothing in the grand scheme of things. Also, if this is a person you want to be with. Also in saying this, um, we, and again, if you've listened to our podcast before, we've done long distance for a good, like half a decade. Like we've done long distance for a long time. Um, so OT does not have any sympathy for people. Nada, <laughs> nada. If you're if you're technically still experiencing daytime together, he doesn't have sympathy for people. Not want Nyota, mate. Like if 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 you had to go to from New York to Chicago to just see the person that you love, fucking hell, I'd do that every single day if it meant commuting for fucking but, walk. But pain is like. Yeah, on a general note, pain is still pain. And if people go through long distance at, at a short Pain ain't pain until you put it in contrast to other people who are suffering in the fucking world, mate. And this is where people need to fucking travel. People need to experience different cultures, different, like, expand your mind to the world around you so that you're not cocooned in your own little world thinking that the biggest misery in your life is going from New York to Chicago. Thank you, sir. Um, we just finished Wu Tang and American Saga, so I think OT's channeling some old dirty <laughs> bastard right now. <laughs> ODB for life. Rest in peace. <laughs> wow. If I'm not DMXing, um, OT is old dirty bastarding. Wow. Again, thank you. Hopefully, you're enjoying um, this episode that will hopefully um, be released and not disintegrate into the world. But it's interesting. And, you know, what we see in that scene is it started off as her getting excited at all of these opportunities, but we start to see that actually she's not looking forward to it either. She was just trying to hype herself up. Yeah. And the fact that he was being such a bitch about it, she what she actually revealed was, look, I'm 30 years old. I'm not where I want to be professionally in my life. I actually don't have a choice. Yeah. And he still didn't take that seriously. Mm. Like... Life is fun and you can start a podcast and you can have laughs. But if you can't have someone by your side through that shit, then it's, what's the point? Someone that you spent a year with. Yeah. Someone who's supposed and he to hid know her. you. Actually, let's talk about this. He hid her from the family. They were actually oh, living together and he never told. Man, regardless of what you think of your parents and how they would take it, you need to say this shit. Because it's you as a person. Yeah. It's you as a person. Yeah. You're not hiding anything. You're exposing yourself regardless of how they take it. You don't really, you shouldn't care. Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil this, but if you've you've watched um, The Big Sick with uh, Kamel Najiani, um, they kind of explore that as well Mm. about, you know, having that cultural, I think in both cases, um, their parents are Muslim. Yeah. Um, And just for the sake of ease, just hiding their other halves from their parents and i think this is a good transition into the thanksgiving episode it is as well Mm. um so just focusing on dev and rachel for a second the fact that he didn't think it was important and he didn't consider how she might feel about the family not even knowing about her 
And he just completely disregarded that just so he could feel comfortable so he didn't have to go through that discussion. Yeah. It wasn't about the parents' feelings. It was, it was about, about him. Him, him yeah. avoiding confrontation. Him avoiding being uncomfortable. Yeah. So all these excuses and whatnot, mate, like watching, you know, watching it, you're like, I felt the moment where I felt sorry for Dev in his um, pursuit for finding love and all. But then when you start talking about it, I'm like, you know what? This guy is just fucking flawed. Yeah. In so many levels. Yeah. I'm like, bloody hell. But that's not to say that you can't enjoy something no, no, with no, no, a no. flawed protagonist. It's quite enjoyable. It's quite enjoyable. And Dev doesn't come out as like someone annoying in every single scene that you're like, uh, I disagree. He is annoying in every scene. But what I like about <laughs> what I like about this show is yes, he's the protagonist, but he it kind of doesn't focus on him. It's more about the themes that are presented in yeah. the show. Yeah. And it is bolstered in some great secondary characters. And I don't think we're going to get time to talk about it. So before we talk about Thanksgiving, I want to talk about how much I love Arnie. Arnie is amazing. Hi, cutie. <laughs> oh, he's so fucking great. And just as like a fun sort of story, because I, I think you want to talk about the wedding in Italy. Um, just a fun sort of story. Like I love how they got into Sherlock. Yeah. And they were all sitting around watching it. And, you know, the Britons make delicious series, but they're, they're always like two or three episodes a season, mm. right? So they were quite far into the series. You know, they've spent hours watching Sherlock, and then you have Arnie out of nowhere saying, I actually don't understand anything that they're saying. <laughs> 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 How... Oh, I love him so much. How the fuck can you watch something and not understand what's going on? It's just to hear the butts <laughs> say stuff. Yeah. And then um, Denise, Lena Waite's character, says something to the effect of, I can literally just sit and watch um, Benedict Cumberbatch doing nothing for hours. Because mm. he just, he is, he embodies a thespian. Mm. He is on that higher echelon. He yeah. is in my trophy case of stands. Yeah, for sure. And And just to bring this up, because I think, most of us have friends that we talk about everything, but not the deep shit. True, yeah. Um, and I think Dev and Annie sort of had that until they didn't. Mm. Like, it was up until um, Annie had to go to his ex's wedding. Yeah. It was all, they talked about pretty much everything like. It was light. cute, fun oh, stuff. Cutie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't get a date. How do I get a date? How do I get to get laid? Are you going to be my wingman? All sort of um, low surface bullshit. Yeah. But, their deeper feelings mm. in Dev struggling without Rachel. He didn't say that to Annie. Um, in Annie struggling to um, go to this wedding because he actually felt that he lost the love of his life. Uh-huh. They didn't, they weren't able to talk about it. Yeah. And I feel like the, a lot of dude relationships is like that. Yeah. Like you, you can talk about most of the things, but the things that really matter. The things that you just need to keep it inside. You just need to keep it inside. Yeah. Just hold it in. You know mm. that's that's for you to struggle with alone. Yeah. And I'm glad that they broke through that and they exposed that in um, in this show to show that you know we're all fucking vulnerable human beings. Well, what was stupid about that is so they had a really cute understanding in Italy, and Dev was there when you know Arnie needed someone. Right, mm. and he's like, "Come on now, like she's she's gonna get married, like just let it happen." Even though. Her husband looks exactly like Arnie, like a <laughs> mini Arnie, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's some painful that shit. Was, that was such a beautiful <laughs> moment, but it was overshadowed by the fact that Dev didn't learn a fucking thing. Mm. And he was gallivanting around with Francesca. 
yeah. not learning those lessons. You yeah. know what I mean? Again, you can have fallible protagonists and it not all fall apart. But that was very frustrating. It was. It really was. And the fact that Francesca and Dave, and just to bring it to the theme of love and all, and um, Dev's pursuit of Francesca, mm-hmm. even though Francesca is has has been with a partner for quite some time. Yep. And Dev knew this. Francesca, of course, knew this. And even though Francesca was like, I'm not leading you on, but fuck, she knew what she was getting out of this. Mm. She knew super well what she was doing. But also, at the same time, because, you know, we have a podcast. I love having a good yarn, as we say in Australia. Or I love having banter. You know, I'm the king and queen of Bansfield because 2019, I'll claim both. I don't understand why someone of the opposite sex or same sex, if that's your sexual orientation, like why can't you just have a good conversation with someone and not fall in love with them? I think it's more to do just with human nature. But I like having a fun <laughs> chat, you know, just giggling and gaggling around. Like why why can't you just have that without falling for each other or wanting to stick everything in all the places? Yeah, maybe it's to do with human nature and just being like curious as to whether or not it'll work that way romantically. I don't know. It was just more to do with how so far Dev really pursued this deeply. He oh, knew yeah. he, he, he knew what he was he doing. He knew yeah. what he was doing and what he might not get in this. But then to play victim, yeah, I was all... like, mate. Again, no. that's why I didn't care for nah. season two. You can't yeah. come out. You can't come out us feeling all sad and shit. Knowing full well what you've been doing. Mm. She's not going to be leaving this fiancé of hers for, what, 10 or so years just so you can have a, a romantic night for whatever reason and be, live happily ever after. When she has, she has like, baggage and roots in Italy, her family, her store. Mate, she has all these things she has she to think about. She just wanted to feel good. In she just wanted moment. to feel good. It's an escapism sort of thing, you know? And Dev was there to play Go along. Go and play the fucking Sims then. Don't play people. <laughs> but devil's willing. Devil's willing. If you know you, you you're chasing someone who's unattainable and you're still keeping at it, thinking that you're gonna get him, if it doesn't happen, you can't go mopping around. Well, that's advice for you. Leave Halle Berry alone. Well, soon enough, mate. She's not interested, fan. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right, blood. <laughs> <laughs> Let's focus on the Thanksgiving episode. Let's mm. give it some sort of love. Um, again, like you said, it's a truly personal um, sort of story and we focus on Denise's character. The Denise experience, if you're nasty. Mm. And again, it, it, it uses the ages to take us through her experiences and what she went through. Um, I think quite a pivotal, pivotal scene that they had in that episode was at the diner. Yeah. So I think Denise was at like college age and, um, you know, Angela Bassett was talking about you better not get pregnant and she's like I won't but it kind of just left it like that and she's like do you know why I won't it's because I don't <laughs> like guys so it was kind of like a, a I guess if you want to call it like a natural casual way to say it it was also in a very public place so obviously um you know there's that filter that you need to regulate yourself when you're in public um but I really enjoyed Angela Bassett's performance. I expect nothing, nothing else. Even that uh, there was a movie, Jumping the Broom, and it was probably like a really, I don't want to be rude, but it it wasn't like an A-rated sort of movie, <laughs> right? But I remember Angela Bassett was in it, and mwah, that's four chef kisses with my toes if you're nasty. 
But she, everything she's in, just, it's brilliance. And her in that scene, you know, she loves her daughter, but you also need to remember the time and the time that she grew up as well. A time when society's perceptions of how your home is, is more important than who you are as a person. Mm. So if there's anything that might stick out or anything that people could potentially focus on, you need to relinquish that. Yeah, and just add the skin color there for added complexities and all that. Yeah, and it was it was really it was such a masterful masterful performance that Angela delivered in that diner scene and any actress of lesser cree would have butchered it. Yeah. It created such a raw atmosphere and I felt vulnerable, I felt sad, I felt scared of what's going to transpire because I'd expect if I was to come out to my parents, that would be the fucking hardest thing I'd ever have to do. Um, because you've it's it's not just telling your parents who you are as a person, it's all of that cultural shit. Exactly. As well. Exactly. There's there's like a historical baggage coming along with it. There are a lot of barriers in the way. And, uh, and yes, and, and we have Angela saying that, you know, admitting that, you know, okay, fine, you're uh, a lesbian, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm just scared of how society would treat you because you're already dealing with so much shit. Adding lesbian into the bag doesn't make it easier. It, it and harder, and for any yeah. parent, they want their kids to have an easier life than they are. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have migrant parents going going through shit, trying yeah. to get their parents, get, trying to get their families across um, to better land and better, you know, futures and fortunes just so that they could, they could have better lives for their kids, even if mm. it's not, not so for them. You have Lena doing all this and this is all sort of true based of our experiences. Mm-hmm. And to have a parent that, that didn't freak out and didn't cause a scene because my parents wouldn't care what the fuck I was at that moment because yeah. they'll just throw a fucking tantrum regardless of where they were. <laughs> um, but wow, you know, kudos to Angela for dealing with it the way she did. Yeah, and like an interesting theme in that episode is, yes, Denise's character was coming out um, to her mom, but also at the same time, her mom is allowed to have a response. And I, I really appreciated that as well. Like, you know, the first time she brought a girl around for Thanksgiving – um, you know, Denise, whether she knew it or not, she was being very touchy-feely, like she was touching her back, they were about to kiss, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I'm not sure how you guys took it when you were watching the show, but, you know, when it when it comes to OT and I, you know, we touch each other all the time. We might be touching each other now. You don't know. Um, but when it comes to family uh, or even just like being around friends, like we don't feel the need to check in with each other, whether it's like emotionally or physically or whatever. So when I was watching that scene and Denise was like touching her back and like, you know, trying to kiss her, um, I was like, "Mm." and I actually agreed with Angela Bassett's character where she said, you know, you you are who you are and I've accepted that, but you need to respect, you need to respect. There's a line, mate. There's a line. Well, you're the one that was trying to feed your meat to me in front of your mom. I had like five wine glasses of wine there, so it is what it is. If you want to taste, if you want to taste OT's meat, just give him five glasses of wine. That's the formula, and then you can also be married to him, and we can have a good old time. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was interesting because it's not just I'm telling you who I am, and you can't say shit about me. You know what I mean? Like it was a give and take mm. in that sort of dynamic. So I, I appreciated that as well. 
Um, so I really feel like that was masterfully crafted um, in regards to, you know, the, the way you deal with that because, you know, th there's who you are as a person but then there's also respecting the household but that doesn't mean you hide who you are. No, no, it doesn't. Because we're brought up with certain um, cultural um, nuances that mm -hmm. you can't or can't do. You know, the, the things I would never do in front of uh, my parents is here. Yeah. You know, that's just a line. And regardless of whether you take it on or as it being um, weird or, you know, old or outdated, it's just, it is what it is. And you take it with a, you know, you take it as it is and you just, you accept it. It's, it's something I won't do in front of them. I won't touch you like that. I won't kiss you in front of them. And it might sound weird to other people, but. Unless you've had a few wines. It's just, yeah. And I, I'm going to deviate <laughs> for a second. Um, l please tweet us because I'm genuinely curious, especially when we watch stuff as well. Um, if you've lived with your parents for a period of time with your other half um, or if you've just been on holidays where your parents are under the same roof, like how the fuck do people have sex when their parents are like two doors down? <laughs> I actually don't understand it. So please tweet us. Like, I actually don't get it. Like, the last time um, we went and we, you know, we were staying at your place because we, you know, had to travel, um, you know, your your mum deliberately put us in separate rooms. Yeah. I thought it was just weird, right? Yeah. And you kept trying to creep into the window and I'm like, ah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, and I was fine with that. Like, I wasn't insulted by it at all um but yeah i just don't get it you know how sometimes like people are living with their parents for like whatever reason whether they're saving or you know that sort of thing i don't understand how people have sex in the same household yeah of where their parents are mm. so please tweet us um for many things but in regards to your sexual experiences because apparently that's what i want to know about <laughs> um i do want to focus on one more theme is there uh, in regards to women and also feeling safe is there anything else you want to talk about um no okay Perfect. So let's get into it. Um, again, if you're a bit dicey about um, Aziz and that sort of thing, then um, feel free to just skip ahead for a little bit. But they did um, address, you know, women and also feeling safe. So I wanted to talk a bit about that. Yeah. You know, and it, sometimes it's not a super dramatic thing as well. And that's how sad it is. Like men can be creepy in casual ways and you're just like, what? like before you have time to react – they're gone or the moment's gone. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, I have a couple of experiences I just want to share. It's not any, again, it's not anything too dark or too dramatic. It's more just like light uh, relative. It's it's like light. Oh, relativity of light. <laughs> Science. That's a thing. Fuck off. Stop trying to feed me your meat. Mate, no wonder Abacus wasn't introduced <laughs> to your school, mate. <laughs> I really love this episode. Um, okay, so so the, fir the first one I'm going to give you an example of is on a night out mm. with the gals. I would say Sex in the City, but I haven't watched it, so I don't know if this is accurate. Um, you know, but I went out with a few girlfriends. We went out dancing. We had a good time. And then by the end of the night, everyone was trying to figure out how to get home. So, you know, um, a couple of them were going to get on the train. Yeah, so I just, I, I made sure that my friend that was, you know, less for wear was in an Uber and she went home. Um, but before we were figuring out how we were going to get home, um, there was a fella 
and he made a beeline straight towards me and he said that, you know, he, he couldn't feel comfortable for the rest of the night, early morning, mind you, um, without saying how beautiful I looked. <laughs> but, like... Like okay, let, let, let's like let's 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 like you know unpack this. What what do you achieve from saying something like that? I don't know. You'd be like, oh, thank you. I've been waiting for someone to tell me I'm beautiful. Take me. No, I actually, <laughs> I actually said fuck you and the click you claim. <laughs> no, because when I'm on a night out, I just want to have fun, right? Um, and again, I I told him to piss off. Uh, more than that, if you heard what I said 20 seconds ago. Um, and then all of my friends were like, whoa, whoa, hey, Katie, like, why are you doing that to him? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, if he's allowed to come up and say shit to me, why can't I say shit to him? You know what I mean? So it was an interesting, it was an interesting sort of thing because apparently I was the wrong one in that scenario. So I, I don't know. I just find that bewildering. Um, so if any of you um, ladies out there have any sort of like – comments in regards to that story please let me know but it's like you know i had such a good night and then you have some creeper coming out of the shadows just to say that shit really <laughs> like it wasn't necessary um the other story i will mention is scenarios where you actually can't get out of the situation like you're just like stuck there um so you know if you've if you followed us on twitter and that sort of thing i am a brown woman i am a pasty brown woman i i need more sun in my life apparently <laughs> <laughs> so i was at a doctor's appointment so you know a fully professional um you know he's a doctor and you know i was i was getting the like the test of like what my is a vitamin d yep <laughs> um you would think i get enough from ot but apparently not um but w in regards to my vitamin d deficiencies um the doctor was saying you know i should get some more sunlight um, sunlight um, particularly in the early morning those are the best sort of rays if you're trying to get some more vitamin d mm -hmm. however that is not the way he said it mm. he said you should wear as least clothing as possible and go outside with as least clothing as possible and let the sun come on your skin <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I why, do I feel like, why do I feel like you were the creeper and the doctor in this scenario? Like Gene from Arrested Development oh. just had disguises. But it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like if you're on for a night out, like obviously you don't want to be pestered by fellas, right? But you kind of, like it kind of makes sense. The fact that I was just there trying to learn about my lack of vitamin D, huh, huh, um, to have that said to me, like how uncomfortable is that? <laughs> like I don't think a doctor's ever told you gut milk <laughs> you know what I mean like I, I I don't know there are some experiences as a woman that I don't think you would get as a man did they say it in a seedy way he said wear as little clothes as possible go outside and let the sun come on me <laughs> how, how, how how much more clarification do you want dude yeah I guess so you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, it, it, it's not the most damaging of um, sexual harassment, but it's also not most welcome. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's just, it's just so easy for men to just be gross. Yeah, and just to bring this back to our master of none, we have Condola Rashad um, 
walking back um, from a club and going home. And she Hang gets on a swollen. second. You know, you don't know anyone's names. I know Condolores. She's in fucking billions. She's amazing. Who is she? Oh, in, in that episode? Yeah. Uh, that's because she's pretty. That's why you remember her name. No, because she's in billions. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about Paul Giamatti in a way I don't want to think about Paul Giamatti. Oh, you're missing some good touch upon on Paul Giamatti, mate. No, you can keep that. <laughs> um, but yeah, she gets followed um, from the club and get harassed by a guy who follows up to her home. And I think this is one of the sort of things I don't know if they're doing Western worlds because growing up we were taught on um, s- sort of like self awareness keys, especially mm-hmm. with the streets and stuff. Stranger danger. Uh, not, not not necessarily stranger danger, like how to act when someone approaches you or how you act on the street and stuff like that. Uh-huh. When you're walking, the sort of um, emotions you be, you should be exuding. Mm-hmm. So if someone approaches you or say something, you need to make them feel like they're still human beings. We used to have this like mock conversations and shit. And it'll just, you know, it's in theory, it makes sense. But when you're out, once you're out there, especially if you're, you know... At, because I can speak as a man, how that works for me even now. Um, but it just, it was just to give you that extra layer of security that in case something does happen, at least you're aware of the things you need to do, especially if you're walking alone at night. So, okay, cool. I can walk confidently, but if I'm a woman and there's a there's a man that's out on the brow, that won't really change much. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't it's change. It's not the be all and end all, essentially. It's not, it's not. But one of the things is usually just don't go back home, you know. Don't lead them to your house. And that's one of the things that you get told every single time, you know. And the worst thing you could do is go back home because then they'll know. Even if they don't come in, they could come in later during the week or something like that. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, the, and it's sad that you have to train your children or your friends or even adults. You have to train adults on how to be safe. Yeah. Because the world is a crappy place. But it, it can also be a great place. Yeah, but with the way things are, it's more crappy than it is. <laughs> because you have people struggling out there. Yeah, and I, people I going know. going through mental and shit without being able to... But that's why we have, like, escapism. We have movies, we have TV shows. Yeah. Even though we watch Mindhunter just to get away from the world. <laughs> um, I love using that because it's, it's true. And can we just not forget that we have a daddy tench? Mm. Man, that tension is strong. Yeah. Holt McCallany. <laughs> He's great. Um, but yeah, so let's let's round it off. And, you know, we were talking about a serious topic and I started talking about daddies again. Take a sip if you're having a FYR drinking game. Um, but let's let's finish it off, mister. Yeah. In a segment we call For Your Reference. Oh, I will reference insecure. Just because... How d- actually, thank you, but how die? Lisa <laughs> is my lady love garden. She is your lady, lo- lady love garden, but she is an amazing writer, director, producer, and she does all that really well in Insecure. And she also supports other creatives. And she does support other creatives. And they're filming Insecure, so hopefully that will come back <laughs> soon. Uh, if you've watched Insecure, we actually have an episode on it um, if you want to have a listen. Yeah. Like, it just gives you a different point of reference, and it's beautifully executed. It's something that you've not really seen before. Okay, so I have two references. 
don't you reckon? Um, the first one is The Big Sick with Kamal Nagiani. Nice. Um, that is also based on his actual life with his wife. Mm. Um, they also had a podcast as well for a short amount of time. So also check that out. How dare I um, mention bigger podcasts, but there you go. I'm a supportive person. Um, but that also, um, you know, delves into similar sort of themes of race and, you know, parent sort of perception and cultural sort of expectations as well um and the second reference that i have is extras <laughs> because i love sir patrick stewart and if all of the sir pat stew fans want to come and take ot away you are most welcome <laughs> uh thank you so much for listening guys um happy holidays but most specifically um merry christmas tidings to everyone um thank you so much for listening again um we appreciate your patience on this episode i'm going to give you a reference hack just because you've listened this far um if you are going out or you just don't want to be stanky you can spray your cologne or your perfume on some cotton tips and put it in a um, Ziploc bag and put it in your bag so you can refresh yourself through the day. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yep. I'm becoming a beauty guru. <laughs> Come and stop me, world. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. This is our 40th episode, by the way. <laughs> I forgot to mention it, I guess because we've been um, burnt twice before <laughs> so thank you so much um for listening to this episode we will have some exciting christmas stuff um coming up soon and but that's pretty much it um if you want to see where we are in between episodes on twitter and instagram we are for your f pod you can write us an email at hello at fypodcast.com and love who you love unashamedly guys for and sure we will see you next week see ya bye